Little Rock Trojan Sports Properties, in conjunction with Little Rock Athletics, present Big Talk on Little Rock, a deeper look inside Little Rock Trojan Athletics. Now, here is your host of Big Talk on Little Rock, the voice of Little Rock women's basketball, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of Big Talk on Little Rock, the official podcast of Little Rock Trojan Athletics. I am Trey Schapp. This segment is sponsored by Jason's Deli. Joining us now is the Little Rock head wrestling coach, Neil Arisman. Neil, first of all, thanks for sitting down with us. Appreciate you. Yeah, you know, I love doing these things and I appreciate you and I haven't got to spend a lot of time face-to-face with you, so I was excited about that. When you heard about Little Rock starting a wrestling program. I, I remember when I where I was when I found out that okay, uh, the athletic director at the time, Chase Conk, is is heading to Cleveland, Ohio, to go see the national wrestling championships, and then to have it come to fruition. When you heard that Little Rock was going to start a wrestling program, take me through your thought process of wanting to become that first head coach and to build that program here at Little Rock. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I remember being at the NCAA tournament. Uh, I was coaching at the University of North Carolina for the Tar Heels at the time. And we're in the middle of our probably our best season that we had ever had. Uh, I mean, we were the second best season, I guess you would say, that we were having was we, we, we had two All-Americans and we were top 20, I think. And um, I remember being in the tunnel and I remember them making the announcement. And when you got Wrestling fans are a different breed, as it, you know, as it is. So when you got twenty-two thousand people sitting there, um, you know, they've been drinking all day, and they hear that you're starting a brand new Division One program, and it feels like the walls are shaking. They're so excited. I, I, I just remember looking at um, who was my boss at the time, the head coach, and he kind of smiled and he said, "Yeah, we'll go after it." He goes, "I'll help you." Like, and just instantly when I heard that it was Little Rock, I just, I got super excited and. Uh, because I knew that Mr. Hatcher was 99.99% involved without asking anybody. Um, he's kind of the godfather of, of Arkansas wrestling, him and Pat Smith and um, some other guys that really, you know, beat the streets to make it happen. So I just remember um, having that conversation with my head coach at the time and being like, you know, if Mr. Hatcher's involved, I would really like to go after this. Will you support me? So there were no second thoughts about, well, let me go home and talk to the wife first, or this is something that when you looked at your head coach in North Carolina at the time, it's like, he's going to help me get this job, and I'm going to be able to build a program. There were, there were no second thoughts? No, no, it was, it was instant. It was something that um, my wife's from Oklahoma. I'm from Kansas. Um, I think that being a head coach is a lot about a fit. And part of the fit is the area, the culture of, of where you're going to. Um, I, I, I was living on the East Coast in a completely different culture than what I grew up in. I mean, you know, I grew up wearing cowboy boots and blue jeans and um, hunting and fishing and doing those things. And I was in on, on the East Coast in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where it was basketball and sport coach. You know, mm-hmm. I, like, I loved it there, but I just didn't fit like I do here. So... Um, I knew my wife would be on board going back closer to home. And I always talk to her about how um, I'm not going to just take a job to take a job. You know, there's some jobs where some coaches refer to as wrestling purgatory. You got to go live in, you know, some small school in Pennsylvania where you're in snow 90% of the year and, you know, this and that. I just told her I I would get out of wrestling before I just took a job, took a job. And um, Little Rock really, 
really excited me from the beginning. I remember texting her right away and being like, hey, we might want to try to look into this job. And she was like, I'm on board. And then you obviously, you've already mentioned Greg Hatcher, his name attached to it, and you have the Hatcher Wrestling Facility that was built um, because there, there was no facility to house wrestling when you were announced as the head coach. I mean, it's kind of a simultaneous thing where you're announced as head coach and, oh, by the way, we're going to build this nice new facility. How much input did you have into the building of the, uh, the facility where you guys train every uh, day? Well, I was – I mean, I was there through every step of the way. Um, we we originally had a completely different layout. Um, we changed it about three days before the press conference, and we had to get something printed up. But uh, Greg was very gracious to let me be involved. And um, I knew I knew Greg, and I knew what he expected. And there were some things that um, – you know, he just hadn't done anything at this level yet. He'd done all the Division II schools, NAIA – division you know division three juco's and so i i'd seen some of his buildings before because um you know down at washita baptist mm-hmm. um i'd been down there the head coach there was a buddy of mine so uh i just knew that that there was a lot more of what he expected so i kind of insert myself to make sure that it was up to his standards and he was very gracious to let me be a part of that from beginning to end so the building is starting to be built but before ground is even broken you have to start recruiting yes what was that like it was fun it was hard um it's i just jumped in head first with recruiting because it's really the bloodline the lifeline of of what we do i mean we can wrestle in the grass as long as we got the scholarships we can get better on the on the baseball diamond you know we can we can fight each other anywhere um so i just hit the ground running and tried to get i I was trying to get three or four guys you know, that first year I ended up with one. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. We had one first semester and we had five second semester. Mm-hmm. I got some transfers. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was fun because nobody else out there could say the things that I was saying. And I was not just pitching a vision. I was, I was really trying to paint something out of thin air to get these kids to understand, hey, look, you got the opportunity to be the first. First All-American, first national champion, first to help set the course of this culture, of this program. You can really be a part of the, that cornerstone. And it was a really great message, and it still is. It's still something that I use, but um, a lot of kids ran towards you, and they ran away. Uh, so it kind of sorted itself out pretty quick. And um, fast forward, we had a team of 26 guys for our first year last year. So When you look back at – those first recruits and trying to sell a vision to them you have to sell yourself first don't you yeah absolutely and uh you know i did that by selling i just recruited to the things that we valued Mm -hmm. and i was just actually having this conversation earlier today because someone asked me the same question um so when i started out to get this job i i kind of created this plan i'm like hey i'm gonna plant my flag in the ground we're gonna be who we're gonna be and we're going to recruit to the things that we value. And I was like, okay, that sounds great, but what do I value? <laughs> it was just a thought. So I started putting my thoughts down on paper and um, really came up with, with this idea that we're here to educate and inspire through athletics, you know, specifically through wrestling, um, to be able to have your son come here and graduate and graduate a champion on and off the mat and be able to stand up to anything, anywhere, and know who he is and what he stands for and be strong in that. And, you know, everybody gets excited, like, yeah, that sounds really great. But here was the next part. 
okay, we know what we want to do, but here's how we're going to do it. And we came up with three things that we focus on every single day. And just briefly, you know, the foundation you live your life on, you got to live and wrestle for something bigger than wrestling. You got to control the things you can control every day, um, which is your attitude, your effort, and your accountability. And then you got to have good relationships because iron sharpens iron. And you better expect to compete with guys around your weight and at your weight. And uh, uh, winning is going to be a byproduct of who we are and what we do. And make no mistake about it, winning's expected here. Everywhere that I've been, we've won at the highest level. We're not just here to win conference championships. We're here to win national titles. And uh, if you want to go on and be in a World Olympic champ, we're going to help you do that too. And so that's really the – If I can't tell you how many times I just kick a door down, stick my foot in there, and say, give me three minutes, and I'll tell you why Little Rock's the place for you. And if you don't agree, then it's not the place for you. And so that's, you know, that's really where it all started, and, and that's how – I tried to get people to believe in me, and so I wrote down the things that I valued, and I recruited to them, and I feel like it's worked out really well for us. Coming into a state that doesn't have Division One wrestling programs at any of their colleges, but has the support of the high schools that are uh, producing some top wrestlers, had to be a plus. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a huge plus. Um, but I also, that was part of my plan and my vision was to help grow wrestling in Arkansas because while we are, you know, we do have a good majority of our schools have wrestling, a good majority don't. Um, and, and we got to help our athletes understand what wrestling is like at the highest level. You see high, you know, high school states that are really successful, they have an identity and it usually comes from the division one program that's in their state. If you go to Pennsylvania, um, you're going to see kids wrestling like some, you know, like the style that you know, the University of Pittsburgh wrestles or Penn State University. If you go to Oklahoma, they're all going to wrestle like Cowboys, Oklahoma State Cowboys. And, you know, if you go to Iowa, you're, you know, you're a Hawkeye or you're a Cyclone. And now, you know, you and I is a national powerhouse. So they all have identities. They all have things that they see and they try to replicate. And that's big for us is that we're here to help create an identity for the state of Arkansas besides just being a new state that is second in the in the growth rate we just added women's and we have you know top 10 numbers in women's and you know those things are great but we need an identity when you talk about identity i think some people who are on the outside don't really get wrestling as a whole they try to attach it to a conference yeah and you guys i, th I think the the question was okay is it going to be in the big 12 conference and will we be going up against oklahoma state and some of the others like iowa state that you talk about, or would it be some other conference? And then we get the word that it's the Pac-12, and we're thinking, hold on a second. You mean all the way on the coast of the Pacific Ocean is where this conference stretches now, Arizona, California, Oregon, uh, Washington, and you've got Arkansas, and you're in the Pac-12. How did that come about? Well, um, to talk a little bit about identity, just to you know, kind of clarify for people, is that it's like uh, a style of basketball, right? We're going to play great defense and we're going to rebound and et cetera, et cetera, right? There's, there's styles of wrestling. You know, there's, there's your, your, your really defensive style of wrestling and there's your really, you know, offensive style. And then you got those that are funky, you know, they're weird. Um, and that's really what I mean is, but um, how it came about was we applied to another conference, the Big 12 and, there were some reservations. We, we passed the coaches vote and, you know, the CEOs were kind of on the fence about it. And there were some, you know, big time programs that just weren't voting our way. 
um, that were just kind of short-sighted in my opinion. But uh, so we, you know, we decided to not wait around and we started, you know, putting feelers out to other conferences and there was some, you know, a couple other options, but the Pac-12 really seemed like the most, like, like, like the best fit for us, I guess you would say. Uh, we're going into a, a, a conference that needed another team to continue to have a conference. There's six teams in the conference. There was five at the time. You have to have six to have a conference. Um, there's three of the traditional schools there, Oregon State, Arizona State, Stanford, uh, and then you got Cal Poly and uh, Cal Bakersfield. And we felt like we could go in and compete right away, and we felt like we were on the forefront of a conference that's eventually going to be really strong. So when I was at the University of North Carolina, the ACC was not very good. Um, they brought in all these new coaches. We were getting top recruits, and now they had the most qualifiers for nationals. They have the most All-Americans. Um, if, if you do it by size, they have six teams, and their percentages are leaps and bounds above the Big Ten and the Big 12. Well, we really saw the Pac-12 as that next station. Um, they got all new coaches. They got two teams in the top 10 now. Um, the new coaches that are recruiting are having top 25 recruiting classes. So we really saw a place that we could go, compete, show our value, and really expand our footprint as well. This segment of Big Talk on Little Rock was brought to you by Jason's Deli. We will be back with more with Coach Harrisman after this from Highland Dairy and Baptist Health. Hey athletes, it's time to rethink your recovery drink. Did you know that Highland Dairy's chocolate milk is your natural post-exercise recovery drink? With high quality protein and key electrolytes, it helps you rehydrate, replenish, and rebuild. Plus, it tastes great too. Read more at HighlandDairy.com. Your workout's done, but your body isn't. Refuel with Highland Chocolate Milk, nature's recovery drink. Highland. It's a splash of fresh flavor. You're born amazing. And at Baptist Health, we want to keep you that way. In fact, that's our mission to not only provide the most skilled doctors and nurses to heal you from sickness or injury and comprehensive care to support your recovery, but also to be your guide to health. Also, you can keep on inspiring, keep on reaching, and keep on amazing. See some of Baptist Health's amazing stories at keeponamazing.com. Welcome back to Big Talk on Little Rock. I'm Trey Shap, joined by Little Rock Wrestling Head Coach Neil Arisman. This segment brought to you by Ameripride. Coach, uh, that first duel inside the Jack Stevenson. Now, the Jack Stevenson are no stranger to wrestling because they're the host of the, the AAA uh, state championships, but it's the first time that you've been able to wrestle on your home mat. What was that day like? It was, it was unbelievably nerve-wracking because – most of your guys had never competed before at the college level. Mm -hmm. We had one tournament before that, and we looked pretty good, but, you know, everybody's tough in the beginning. It's <laughs> it's easy to be tough in your first tournament, and everything's new, and other people are nervous, and there's you know, a lot of factors that play into it. Um, it was incredible. I'm, I just remember, um, you know, for us, we did something very, very unique because we're a unique program. We're starting from scratch. We don't have a fan base that's very familiar with wrestling outside of the high school scene. Um, and so we wanted to create a little bit of an identity for ourselves of, of to get us out there, our brand, right? And everyone knows Little Rock's new, but they don't know we're the Trojans. They don't know who we are. They just know we're a brand new program. So we created a mat in the shape of an octagon. 
And the thought process behind that was I remember, you know, sitting there and um, we're designing the mat. And I'm like, stop. We have to be we have to be relatable to people who have never seen wrestling. So if I asked you if you saw an octagon, what would you think? Stop sign. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> stop sign. Or the UFC. Right. right. So I wanted people to think it was a fight. That was kind of, you know, the original thing was that. Without hey, the sides and the fencing that goes into the UFC octagon. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wanted people to think that they're about to watch a fight. And because that's what it is most of the time. So we created our mat to be an octagon. We put all these mats, you know, mat size seats around it. Um, we promoted the heck out of it. It was, you know, free high school, free club day. Um, and to give you a little background in wrestling, if you get a thousand or more people at every single one of your duels, you're in the top 10 for attendance in wrestling. Um, so I walk out and there's 1,500 people there. And like... Did, I, your, did your jaw just drop? Well... It did, but I started sweating. I mean, I was sweating bad, and I had to take my jacket off within the first match. But I was also nervous. I was like, man, we, we're wrestling University of Ozarks, and um, great program, very established, but we, you know, we can't lose this duel. <laughs> you know? Well, you didn't, 34-6. Yeah, we, we, we did really well. Um, we wrestled well. We wrestled tough. We had some tough situations that my guys uh, could have gone the other way pretty quick, and they responded, and we did well. We won, and it was a fantastic day, and it was something I'll always remember. Tell me about some of the guys that, that stood out for you this year that you knew you could count on week in, week out to get the job done. Yeah, you know, I think that the number one person that comes out is Paul Bianchi. Um, Paul came to us in North Dakota State. He was a national qualifier coming from, from North Dakota State. Um, he had a, a little bit of an unfortunate part of his season. He got an infection and couldn't compete at the Southern Scuffle, and um, he just didn't have enough matches to qualify. I think he would end up being, you know, in that top 20 ranking as an individual. Um, went on to take second at Pac-12s. Um, you know, our freshman 25-pounder, he had a little bit of an up-and-down year, but uh, won a lot of big matches. He's a true freshman. He barely weighs 125, and for weight classes, that's a huge deal, and especially when you're a small, small 125-pounder. It's the smallest weight class. Um, won a lot of big matches. Uh, Tyler Brennan, you know, showed up in the big matches. If you watch the Arizona State match, he gets the big pin, mm -hmm. puts us up going into intermission on the number three team in the country, ten to nine. Uh, you know, that's like going into halftime. You know, here in Little Rock. Here, here in Little Rock, yeah. being at halftime in a football game, you know, beating Alabama by a field goal, right? And so for us, like that was that you know that was a huge moment. So he, you know, he he came through big time a lot. Um, Connor Ward really got better as the year went on and really I mean he you know he ended up taking fourth at Pac twelves and um just really showed showed his character and he was someone we could always count on. You were able to take your guys, you had you had obviously the Arizona State uh match here. Yep. And then you, you go out to the uh the West where you play I say you play, have a meet with Stanford and Oregon State. What was that like taking those guys on that long road trip that far away and to have them see a part of the country that is totally different than what they see here walking across the campus? Yeah, I mean, it was it was great for our guys. It was a tough road trip. It was their first real real road test. And, um, you know, road tests are hard in any, in, in any sport. But when you add the fact that you got to fly. You're going two time zones away. You, you got to fly two time zones. 
you have to make weight, you're trying to hold your weight down during the travel. It's really hard on someone's body, you know, and so there was a lot of, you know, that's a big learning curve. And I think that it helped propel us win a lot of matches at Pac-12s. If we would have gone into Pac-12s without having that West Coast trip, it, I think it would have been pretty ugly because they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known what it felt like. And it, it, it was very beneficial. What were the Pac-12 championships like? It was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it's six teams, so it's not as big as you think. There was, um, we were in the, just the beginning of social distancing for this COVID-19. And right. um, they limited the fan base to 2,000 people. And it filled up instantly. Like there was, you know, there probably would have been 5,000 people there if um, in a, you know, an arena that at the time held 6,500. So um, it was awesome. It was a good experience for them. We, you know, we had a guy take second. We, uh, Connor took fourth. And then we had three or four guys take fifth, which was, um, for them, was a big deal. They'd beaten some guys they hadn't beaten. And um, quite frankly, some of them didn't have any business even being top five. So they did really well. And then you had the NCAA make the announcement that all spring sports championships are canceled. No NCAA tournament, no golf, no College World Series, no national wrestling championships. How devastating was that as a coach to sit there and say, guys, there, there's nothing I can do about this. This is bigger than than anything we've seen right now. And, and – there's no national champion that's going to be crowned this year. Yeah, I mean, it it was tough. Most of our guys weren't going anyway, so it wasn't as hard as it was for probably some programs. Um, but it was a very, very teachable moment for us because we talk about the things that we can control. We talk about living for something bigger than ourselves. And uh, when you live for something bigger, these things don't affect you as much, right? Um, and your attitude and your and that situation is really what you can control because you can't control anything else. Like you, you can't control the decisions that are made. Um, but I also tried to put it in perspective. The last time that we didn't have an NCAA wrestling championship, people were fighting in a war. And for three years, we didn't have an NCAA wrestling championship. They were over there dying. So, um, and, and, and fighting for our country and for freedom across the world. And it, it was just an opportunity to put some things in perspective that, Number one, you don't, you know, nothing, tomorrow's not promised. So mm -hmm. don't be anxious about it. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Um, every single one of you is going to have another opportunity. And we got an opportunity to just control our attitudes right now and, and be a pillar for those around us. Now that we, we sit here and we still don't know what the future is going to hold because a lot of these schools, football helps fund some of their other sports, like wrestling. With Little Rock not having football, it's not like you have to look to it to say, well, if we don't have it, then we're going to struggle. How is Little Rock wrestling, the future of Little Rock wrestling, what does it look like right now with this pandemic that is going on? Right now it's business as usual. We haven't uh, – I think, I think there will be some modified seasons. I think there will be um, – you know, we got a Pac-12 call next week, so – We'll know a lot more, but um, we're going to continue business as usual and, and understand that um, in wrestling you have to adapt and adjust. Sometimes you might, in the first 30 seconds, get thrown on your head and have to fight off your back and, and, and finish the match and win, right? Which mm -hmm. is why wrestling is so beautiful because it's, it's the story of life. How many times you get thrown on your head and you have to get back up and those who 
continue to get back up, make it. So um, the future's bright for us. Re- Recruiting is going in a fantastic direction. Um, Do you have to recruit a little differently, though, because of the times? Yeah, absolutely. We're FaceTiming. Um, we're Zooming. Uh, we're me and Coach Hobby busted out our iPhones and with you know one of our SID guys, and we created a really cool video just to show them what Little Rock's like, and we're having fun with it, and um, it's it's given us uh, a, a real edge because we're willing to do a lot more than most of these people are. So uh, we're, we we can't do this face to face talk. We are getting face to face over a phone and uh, getting to know people's parents who were supposed to come on a visit a month mm-hmm. ago. Um, or her coming on a visit next next month. So gotten really close with some recruits. And, you know, just to put it in perspective right now, um, if you had football, you would have the top, you know, ESPN top 300, right? Um, in our senior class coming in, our freshman class, we have five in the top 150. And there's no other program um, in the top 25 recruiting rankings. You know, outside of those guys, we're, we're – we're the only ones. We were an honorable mention in recruiting. In our junior class, that's going to be seniors. We already have two top 50 pound for pound. And you're not just talking about, you know, play, you're talking like players at all positions in football. Sure. You're talking about pound for pound wrestlers, top 50. And we're recruiting, you know, really well. And we got some really good kids coming in. Um, so we're excited about the future for Little Rock Wrestling. What does the schedule look like next year? Obviously, you've got the Pac-12 schedule that you deal with, but – Outside of that, there are some other uh, duels that, that you're going to have. And, and so what does that schedule look like? It's tough again. Last year we were, I think, number 12 in uh, strength to schedule in the country. And people think I'm crazy. But I don't want my guys to know any different. So when we're winning, we're beating the best teams in the country. It's going to be pretty similar. We, you know, we're, we're adding a few schools that are going to be coming to Little Rock to wrestle. Uh, we're going to wrestle the University of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they were top 10 last year in North Carolina. They were number seven. Arizona State was number three. Uh, Stanford's top 12. Um, Oregon State just got a brand new coach. So they're going to be tough soon. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got Oklahoma State on the, on, on the schedule, and they're consistently nice. bringing home a, you yeah. know, a trophy every year. Um, we get in, we're in the works with some other ones. But we got schools like Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois. Um, we'll go to the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Russell App State, who's you know the only other team in the Sun Belt, um, another brand new Division One program, uh, Presbyterian. We're looking to go beat them up and show them who's best brand new team. And then we got uh, another mid major called Drexel out of Philly coming in to wrestle us. So it might be a a stretch this question that I'm about to ask, but if if you can just kind of look to the future, could you ever see a time where Simmons Bank Arena over in North Little Rock? is host to the national championship of college wrestling how many people does it hold 18 16 16 to eighteen thousand. so here's the thing is that yes that would be you know we'd have to get with the sports commission you have to be i don't know six seven years out um but given that all the people in this town that have that influence they come to our matches i don't think it's far-fetched the only hold up is is that the NCAA tournament this year, for the first time ever, was going to be held in, a, in, in an arena that held more than 22,000 people. We sold 47,000 tickets to the NCAA championships. We were doing it at, is it U.S. Bank in Minneapolis? Is mm-hmm. that the stadium where the Vikings play? Right. And so that would be the only holdup is that 
if wrestling continues to grow the way that it's growing, then we, it's going to be too small. We can't hold it, right? Right. Um, it it was going. But be I was a, thinking back, like when it was in Cleveland, when mm-hmm. Little Rock Wrestling was announced to the world uh, and the country and the NCAA that hey, they're going to have wrestling. I mean, that's not on a football field like it is now, but. I can see where the NCAA tournament has gone that way to where the Final Four is in a big, huge uh, facility that can seat 70,000 people. I didn't know that, okay, well, wrestling, why not? Why not if – and who knows what it's going to be like after this pandemic is all over. Who knows how many people are going to be willing to go out until there's a vaccine that's available or anything. I mean, we just don't know what future life is going to be like in this country, do we? No, not at all. I think that people are going to change their habits, and I think that's where people are going to get affected. It's not, um, you know, uh, most people on Saturdays, they probably go to college football games and tailgate. Well, that hasn't been a habit for them. You know, they buy NCAA basketball tickets every single year. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't do it last year, so, you know, we might not do it the next year. You know, that, and that's a huge impact on, on everybody. And so I think that the way that things are going to be done – we know there's going to be a change, but for college sports, who knows what it's about to be? I mean, we, we don't know the direction it's going to go. This segment of Big Talk on Little Rock was brought to you by Ameripride. We will be back to wrap it up with Coach Arisman after this from Triple S Alarm and Pepsi. Security needs to be at the top of the list when it comes to your family, home, and lifestyle. We offer advanced systems that provide a secure connection to dedicated professionals who can dispatch first responders at a moment's notice. Your system will feature an easy-to-use touchscreen that intuitively makes operating your system as simple as one touch. It's state-of-the-art security that fits into your lifestyle and your life. Give us a call today to learn more. Triple S Alarm, 501-664-4599. Hello, human. This is a Mountain Dew ad, and we're about to crank things up in this booth. For starters, I don't like my voice. Let's change it. You, get in here. All right. Somebody, hand me some maracas. That's it. I'm starting to feel it now. Do guy, drop a beat. How's this? Do yeah, do yeah, Mountain Doodly, do yeah. I just got do gooses. Yeah, Keep it going. Yeah. HR department, yeah, start doodly, chanting. Do yeah. Yes. Yeah, Gorgeous. Yeah. Lady in the corner, yeah, what do you do? Terrifying. I love it. Toss in a bucket of snakes. Kick it. Bagpipes! I need them! Wizard, summon a storm. Ooh, mama. It's like a freaky spa up here. Elephants, contribute. Jim, smack yourself with a fish. <laughs> it's the most beautiful sound that has ever been. Mm. If you've got a mouth and a brain, crack open a Mountain Dew and reward your gullet with that old citrus kick. Until next time, do the do. Coach, I want to go back into your youth. And when did you pick up a love for this sport? So I started wrestling when I was five. Um, it was just something I did. My dad wrestled in high school. My dad wasn't crazy serious about it. He just, he's like, hey, you want to wrestle? It seems like a good fit for you. And um, I guess my first two years, my dad said I was, I was awful. You know, I lost <laughs> every match for two years. And um, then I just remember, I didn't know what winning and losing, like I didn't know I was losing. I was pretty competitive. Like I was the type of kid that if we were playing a board game, and I lost. I was trying to fight my dad and throw the board through the wall, and um, I didn't like losing. And so when he, he finally, when I was seven years old, he goes, you know, you've been losing this whole time. You've been doing this, and I guess I just lost it. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? I, uh, I was just having fun. And, and 
I, you know, I, I kind of got upset about it. When I was seven years old, I got serious about it. And it was something that I loved football. I played soccer. I played baseball. But wrestling was, when I wrestled, it was business, you know. Like, I did the other ones for fun. It was business when I when when I wrestled. And I figured that out when I was about seven. So then take me through junior high, high school, and then into college. Okay. With your wrestling career. So um, went on, didn't lose hardly any matches when I was a kid. I mean, just honestly. After those first two years. Yeah, after those <laughs> first two years. Um, changed my, you know, the next year I won state. And I won state every single year after that all the way uh, to high school. Does your dad still have the trophies, or do you <laughs> have them somewhere? He does. He he just moved here um, to Maumel, uh where we live, and uh, I found a lot of my old state championships and um, old brackets. You wow. Because brackets are a big deal in wrestling, mm-hmm. um, and I found a lot of my old medals. We kind of went through them, had to clean some of them out, but he's got some, you know, we won, um, I, I won a couple national titles as a kid, and so he's got all those up in his house, and then you know, I got into high school, and high school was kind of a setback for me. I, um, I won nationals as a freshman, which um, is really, really hard to do. And then I went to a high school that I was the only person on my team that wrestled before. And so I lost in the state finals as a true freshman. I lost in the last eight seconds. And it just, you know, it set me off. You know, it, 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 I, I didn't know how to handle it. I hadn't lost in my whole life when I realized, you know, since I was seven years old, I'd probably lost 10 or 12 times in those years. Um, you know, and, and a lot of those times I was wrestling age groups two or three above mine. And, um, I just remember it, it really put me down a bad course for a couple of years. I took third the next year at, at high school state in the summer. I won nationals again because I was training at a different spot. And, um, then my junior year, I took second again and that just crushed me, like absolutely crushed me. And, uh, I'll kind of go into my senior year between my junior and senior year, um, I was wrestling in the Olympic styles and I was wrestling the senior national champ. So at senior nationals, it's like the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And I had to wrestle them twice in one tournament cause we were, it was like States versus States type competition. So Kansas had to wrestle Illinois in the, in the semifinals or, or in the quarterfinals. And then we lost Illinois lost in the semis and we came back and wrestled for third and fourth. So I had to wrestle them twice. And I remember my dad went up to, my eventual coach coach john smith at oklahoma state and was like hey you need to watch this match and john was like um no i don't this <laughs> this is gonna be quick and i and and i beat the tar out of the kid the first time and then we wrestled again and i beat him by seven or eight points again and he walked down and offered me a scholarship on the spot right and it kind of like rejuvenated me i came back i won state my senior year um i went on to wrestle at oklahoma state they had just won their fourth national title in a row mm-hmm. Um, you know, the most storied program in the country with 34 national titles. I mean, right. you know, more championships than the Yankees and you can go on and on. We got all our own little sayings that we tell people, but, um, wrestled at, uh, Oklahoma state. I was, a uh, big 12 champ there, three time national qualifier, la- lost in the round of 12. So when you mm-hmm. lose in the round of 12 in wrestling, that's the placing round. Um, so I was, you know, that, that was pretty heartbreaking. Um, again, I didn't. I went from winning to not, not mm-hmm. accomplishing my goal of being a national champion, and um, you know that's when I found my passion for coaching. Is there a coach that you? I don't want to say pattern yourself after, but do you th- take 
parts of some of the coaching that you've gotten and then coaches that you've worked with into this job here at Little Rock? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I wrestled for – I mean, there's no argument. He's the greatest wrestler in American history. Um, he's won four or five national titles as a coach. Um, out of his coaching tree right now, uh, the guy who just got hired at Oregon State was a cowboy. There's seven head, there's seven Division One head coaches. We make up almost, I think, like 12% of all the head coaches wow. in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've just been around so many people that, you know, from Olympic champs to Olympic silver and bronze medalists to four-time NCAA champions, the first four-time NCAA champion. Um, you just kind of take a little bit from everyone. And I think the ones that are successful learn to make it their own. Um, if you continue to try to follow down their path and do what they do, you just you don't find the success that, that they did because it's them, right? So um, I could go on and on for hours about the coaches that I've worked under and the people that um, I've coached for or worked with, and I just kind of found a way to make it my own, and, it, and that's really where my recruiting process started at Little Rock was who am I? Who do I want my team to be? And how do I – how do I, I don't, I don't want to pitch a vision. I want it to be fire and passion. So I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And that's, I took a little bit from everybody. You've traveled around quite a bit. Does Little Rock feel like home? It now? is home. It's, it's, it's a hundred percent home. Um, I love my time at Oklahoma state and you know, that was, that was home for me for nine years or whatever. Um, loved being on the East coast for a while, you know, going, you know, we don't go to the beach and do things like that. But um, just being in what, I mean, this is what I tell people, this is the city you're in. You're, you're in the heart of Little Rock. You can drive seven miles and climb a mountain and have some of the best bass fishing and hunting in the world. You can be at the, you know, the, at Stuttgart and hunt some of the best ducks in the world. And then you can be downtown in the entertainment district on the river walk and have, you know, access to everything. And, um, it's a small town. It, it's a big city with a small town feel. And you couldn't ask for a better situation than that. Um, I absolutely love the culture here. Um, I actually studied a lot about the culture of, um, you know, how Arkansas is and how proud they are of their of their sports and of their athletes. And uh, you know, watched a lot of different type of videos like Houston Nut. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I watched a lot of his videos and listened to the things that he said. And uh, you know, other Razorback coaches and other Little Rock coaches and uh, you know, Arkansas. I mean, I just I did a lot of research and. I love the culture here. It's a proud state. It's unbelievably proud and never knew about it. And, you know, I never knew Arkansas was this. It's just this gem of a state. It's a natural state. You can have anything and do anything you want. And you don't know that unless you've been here. And the the pride that they have and who they are and the things that they do, is it's, it's incredible. And it's something I really, really gravitated towards. Neil, we're glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, it was good. We need to do it again. We will. Thanks for listening to Big Talk on Little Rock with Trey Schaff. This was a presentation of Little Rock Trojan Sports Properties in conjunction with Little Rock Athletics. <laughs>